Hayden Thompson here and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the pack heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place and I'm excited to have you here. G'day and welcome to episode 86 where today I have guest Andrea Gray Grant who is back for the second time here on the show. Now many of you I'm sure will be very familiar with Andrea who is the founder and CEO at good to grow where along with her team Andrea teaches, coaches and mentors companies who are in the new, emerging and growth modes of getting their food and beverage products out there and into your hands or onto your plates. Now, annually, Good to Grow holds the From the Ground Up trade show, which showcases the best of these new and innovative BC products and companies in this field. And it was here at the show this year that Andrew and I got chatting and lined up today's conversation, which really centered itself around food being the common thread that binds us all. I always enjoy having a chat with Andrea, and I hope that you all enjoy the conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Cheers. Andrea, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's great. great. Uh, I'm really excited to have you back on. Uh, it's been a while since you and I had a chat on the podcast, but I feel as if I bump into you every now and then out in the field. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed catching up with you at the last trade show that you had. And, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes and through my, uh, from my perspective, it was a really successful show for you. It was a, a wonderful show. Um, I, I, it feels a little bit like a whirlwind, to be honest, because yeah. the show actually for the last three years prior, um, we had around 35 or 36 uh, booths there. And this year we had 61, um, yep. and, uh, you know, venue change and, and uh, you know, just a big conference and just, yeah, it was just a bigger thing. And um we're really seeing the momentum building in BC, which I think is really exciting for, for not just for us, but for everyone. Yep. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, so it was really exciting this year to see, to see it grow. That's great. And sort of, um, what's your grand vision with the, with the trade show? Do you see it growing even further or was that sort of the perfect size for you? I mean, we're going to stay in the space that we're in next year. And yep. I think, uh, what we're looking at doing is actually growing in a little bit of a different way. So rather than kind of getting bigger, we actually kind of want to get wider. We want to encompass now uh, producer processors. Oh, cool. And yeah. we'd like to have uh, just all BC, obviously, again and still, um, but really kind of expand it out so that there's there's an offering there for folks that are coming from food service. So it could be chefs or mm. you know, an institutional food service. It could be post-secondary institutions or healthcare. But they can come to the show and they can really see that there are options in BC. And, and oftentimes what happens is, you know, things just keep going the way they're going because of contracts or because, you know, and they just don't know, right? Yeah. So unless you have a venue, um, a place where you can come and actually see who these people are and these products are, like, it has been sort of the biggest surprise to the folks in um, institutional food service that there are products that are BC and they're like, Oh, I didn't know that was from BC or I didn't know we could get that here. So that's yeah. really quite exciting to see that we're helping to create business. Yeah. I hear, um, you know, I was lucky enough to walk both the CHFA trade show floor and your trade show that you had both were amazing in their own rights, like, and but are both very, very different. And the thing I value about, um, the, 
the event that you put on is that, you know, it is for smaller scale businesses that are just getting started, but you've also got, you know, businesses like Cassava that have been operating for quite some time that are trying to, you know, generate and find a new audience for their product too, like institutional buyers and so on. And yeah, it was fun. Like so many great conversations. The samples were awesome. Everybody had a smile on their face and was really glad to be out presenting and, you know, having conversations. And yeah, I loved it. It was really, really fun. So thank you very much for the invitation on the day. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think one of the things that we've found about the show that's been so great is that because we're so careful about curating who's coming to the show, that yeah. it's, it's really primarily buyers, um, yeah. that then what happens is, is you get, you know, you obviously don't have like thousands of people in the aisles, but what yes. you have is you have buyers go, I want to talk to that person. And they walk right up to them and they're able to have the conversation. They're not, they're not waiting in line to talk to them. Um, and a lot of times that does happen when something's super busy, when it shows super busy, yeah. you'll get uh, people going, well, I don't have time to line up and I don't have time to do that. And so the feedback was that it's one, it was a wonderful way to create engaging, uh, just an engaging space for conversation and, uh, and, and buyers stayed a lot longer than they normally would at a show because of that, right? Yeah. So they get the information that they needed because they had you know, really easy access to these folks. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I, you know, congratulations again on a successful event and I'm excited to see how it grows again next year and yeah, go from there. But, um, you know, the other thing that I noticed out there as well is, you know, obviously with the change that we've seen in the world, last time you were on, um, you were speaking about BC Local Roots and the business that you had developed in response um, to the situation that, you know, a lot of these producers had in that they had a, a, a ton of product that they just had nobody to sell to. So you decided to try and connect the dots and create BC Local Root, which for all intents and purposes was an amazing thing. But I guess there is a time and a place for it and the world has changed. So I saw that you had decided to close the doors on it. So I thought I'd just um, check in on, on that process yeah, for you. It was sad. It was really sad to have to close it. But honestly, um, if there's anything that I've learned through my previous failure, <laughs> it's that when it's time to say goodbye to something, you really need to like do it and not be so attached to it. Yep. And understand that there are other things waiting for you, you know, and, and uh, that is probably one of the greatest pieces of advice I would give after having had a failure with my previous business with Caravan Foods is not knowing when to let go of something that you love. Mm. Um, it, there is, um, there's always a bigger, um, there's always something bigger in store for you that's waiting for you. And so when you cling on to something too tightly, you miss it. You, you can tend to miss it. And so it was really interesting to me that my feeling around BC Local Route was, oh, I love this. But at the back of my mind, I knew like, you can't do this without scaling it and having a building and a whole other business model. And like, that it just wasn't going to be something that I could do where I am. Yeah. And then I realized, what did I really, really want to do? Well, I really want to impact the industry, especially in terms of local food mm. and making sure that 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 we all understand you know that we need to support our community of food processors and producers and how can i best do that and so it shifted because what happened is when the pandemic came on well that was the best way to support them right it was the best way to do it mm. was hey let's open this store and then let's educate the public to like these are bc products like we're only carrying bc products 
Then it shifted somewhere along the way where people started going back to the stores and people weren't as interested in online anymore. And it was like, oh, I'm not doing my, this isn't my vision any longer. Like this isn't what we envisioned. Yeah. I envisioned was being able to get that word out to the public. And now it was like, okay, it's time to go back and help these folks that are trying to get their businesses out there and establish and grow. And how can I best do that? And so really what we've realized is we have a space, we have an expertise and, and in that space, we really want to create a product development uh, hub Mm. And that would then support our local producers and processors more than anything else we could do at mm. this time. Mm-hmm. So, so that's really what we've, we've kind of shifted uh, and, and moved towards that. So eventually uh, within the next you know, 12 months, um, Good to Grow will actually have a product development lab. That's what oh, our that's exciting. goal is. Yeah, to be able to support people in like having the best product possible, putting their best foot forward. Yeah you know, having a product that, you know, uh, is, is developed to the degree where, oh, th- this has a longer shelf life or yep. you know, the product tastes better, the product yep. cost comes in the way that it should so that they can be viable as a yep. business. Right? Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I mean, it all starts with the product itself. Like, does it taste good? Is it efficient in terms of costing? And like, yeah, if you can do all of that up front with, you know, a group of people who have been there and done that before and, you know, a core group of advisors, I think that would just be so valuable. So that's a great idea. Yeah. So that's, so that's what we're heading towards right now. So yeah, we're really sad to see BC Local Root go. It was actually yeah. really fun to have a store in the back of your space where you didn't actually have to go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can that imagine. Really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But yeah, you know what? Hats off to you for recognizing that, you know, the timing had shifted on it and it was time to close the doors, but also, you know, move into a space that was more valuable for you and your audience and, you know, where you could bring value out into the world as well. So, you know, um, as you suggested, like it is hard to let go of these things. But the thing that I find when I'm talking to people about you is that you are leading by example. And this is just another example. And I really love the the message that you put out, you know, when you um, on the website to say that, you know, that you are closing the doors on it and it made total sense. And, you know, um, even the way that you communicated uh, the, the, um, the shift in the business was awesome. So yeah, it was great. Wow, thank you. No worries. Now, when we're at the trade show, you came up and you're like, Hayden, I really want to come onto the podcast again and have a chat with you about a few things. I'm like, let's do it. So um, at the time, I know that, you know, diversity in the hospitality industry is something that makes it extremely special. And um, and when I knew we were having this conversation, I was thinking about my experience in the industry and, you know, who I've been working with over the years and then the books that I've read. And Anthony Bourdain came to mind because he is such, well, he sadly, was such a great thinker and a great writer. And he always talked from the perspective of like the value of the people that he worked with. And I'd just like to start off with a quote by Anthony. So he said, food is everything we are. It's an extension of nationalist feeling, ethnic feeling, your personal history, your province, your region, your tribe, and your grandma. It's inseparable from those from the get-go. And I think that encapsulated the start of the conversation really well for us. Oh, that's wonderful. And to add to that, actually, another Anthony Bourdain (laughs) ism is he talked about that if everybody sat at the table yep. um, and had a meal with people from around the planet that we mm-hmm. would not have wars that we would not have the kind of conflict that we have because mm-hmm. it is what brings people together and they can all talk about that they yep. can all talk about that in peace and uh and in love and enjoyment right mm-hmm. 
And, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. And I, I, I do wonder, because it's funny that you brought him up, because that is exactly what I, I think of him as well, as mm. it's kind of brought people together. And what, what has been so interesting to me with being in the industry as long as I've been in it, is I've just taken a lot of things for granted. And I think a lot of it is just has to has a lot to do with my upbringing and just an assumption about things in life and in the world, according to my eyes. And and so, um, you know, we had been working with uh, the government, uh, with BBC on a wonderful initiative uh, called Pitch and Plate. And um, and that was prior to uh, we started in 2000 and well, because of the pandemic, we got everything moved around. But I think the first one we had was 2021 in January and we did everything online. And um, and then uh, we ended up doing our last one ended up being in person. Uh, it was a hybrid. It was online and in person, and it was in Victoria. And that one in particular was so interesting because I didn't really, I knew some of the people, I didn't know all of the people. But the last few times that I've had to do these uh, these pitch and plate events, part of it was coaching, one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. And as I was coaching them, uh, stories were coming out. And I was saying, you know, they're saying, well, this is my product and this is what I'm doing, da, 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 you know, and, and saying, this is, this is, this is my why. And I'm thinking, that's not your why. Like, that's not your why. Mm. I was thinking like, go a little deeper. Like, why are you doing, like, really, why are you doing this? You know? And, and, oh, it was sort of, uh, it was so eye-opening from my perspective because many of the people that I was speaking to were talking to me about what it was like for them as children mm. and, and how, um, how racist it was and how they excluded they felt and very simple things, you know, like very, very simple things. One company in particular, one gentleman in particular impacted me the most. I think I hung up and cried my eyes out. He was speaking about how he was not um, allowed to participate in uh, a lunchtime thing at school that, you know, where all the kids have hot dogs Mm -hmm. or whatever, because it wasn't allowed. And so he was excluded and he said, imagine how that feels. And I'm like, okay, I'm adulting. Especially you know? as a child who doesn't understand. Right. Like children don't have a level of understanding of like the intricacies of like a social environment. So that would be really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And really isolating too. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, after that, I, I, I actually had a different kind of take on how to coach these people because I was like wait a minute like I missed something in this whole like why and so each company I was coaching I would kind of dig a little deeper and this stuff just kept coming out Mm -hmm. and I thought oh this is really sad like this is really really sad but then I also thought you know so we anyways we got through pitch and plate and we did this whole thing and it really got me thinking like wow when we did pitch and play the first, the last couple of times, it was like the diversity was off the charts. Mm. So I, you know, I was like, we, we did the day, I think there was 13 or 14 companies that came through. And I said, I feel like I've been around the planet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like we just spent the day going to every country basically around the globe and, and being brought into this kind of intimate kind of conversation around their why and why they were doing what they mm-hmm. were doing. And, and at the end of it all, I thought, you know, there's something here. Like, there's really something here. 
And, um, and so we decided at the, at the show, um, when we were, uh, gonna, you know, onboard folks to, to be in the show, you know, we should ask them to identify and like if they, if they choose to, and maybe we should take a look at what's going on. Well, at the end of the day, we looked at our, our feedback from like we compiled everything. And I, I announced it at the conference because I was just so blown away. So 68% of the businesses that we were, uh, that were at the show were actually women owned, mm-hmm. which is incredible. That's mm-hmm. an incredible figure, given that the industry is really actually quite male run, uh, the food industry. Um, we had, you know, 11 newcomers, we had 20 persons of color, we had four LGBTQ, we had uh, four uh, social enterprises, like, so it was just incredible, Mm. indigenous businesses. I mean, you know, I didn't know that, I wasn't aware of that, and yet I coached some of them, but I wasn't aware because people are not really speaking about that. And so at the end of the day, what I was so excited about was here I was in this, you know, arena of like, we're pushing BC, we're pushing BC. And then I'm like, wait a second, we're also pushing equal representation and diversity and that we should be celebrating this. And, you know, it's bigger than just like, oh yeah, we're just, you know, we're trying to push the food industry into local. It was like, no, it's bigger than that. And so I feel like, I mean, the other thing too, you know, I noticed too, there's a number of people that actually didn't identify as newcomers, but I knew they were. And I wasn't sure if maybe they felt a little bit like they didn't want to, because that might be seen as not good. Or You mean first-generation immigrants to Canada? Yeah. 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 And, and so, you know, and, and, and then thinking about that, you know, I have talked to lots of different groups, that, you know, newcomer groups and things like that, helping people. Why? Because, well, a number of these folks come from their countries and they can't practice medicine. Mm-hmm. They can't be engineers. They can't oh, be yeah, I know. It's a huge people. issue. Yeah, yeah. Especially highly skilled people that would have to go back and retrain. It's not feasible. Yeah. And for most times, what do they do? Yeah. They, they, they do food. Yep. They go into food, they either open a restaurant or yep. they start making products or whatever. And so to me, it's like, this is where I think we need to take responsibility for this. And it's not to be guilt ridden. And it's not to say like, we're terrible because I'm white and I'm, you know, whatever. It's not that. It is really a, a recognition of the diversity that we live in, a welcoming of it, a support of it. And, and help it to thrive because it is what makes this a great, great, great place to live. And it should be better. And mm. it should be better. Mm-hmm. It's not just about local. It's about supporting those businesses as well within that local realm. You know, Australia and Canada are so similar in the respect that it's an immigration, it's a country of immigrants, you know, um, unless you're a First Nations person, everybody is immigrated to this country and same thing in Australia as well. But the the real driver of the food and the coffee and the wine culture, both where I come from in Melbourne and here in Vancouver and the vast majority of Canada, it's all driven by immigration. And the really cool thing about um, Melbourne in particular is it's a real coffee hub and a real food hub. Yeah. And, uh, and that was largely um, due to after World War II, 
the huge immigrant, uh, the movement of immigrants uh, from Europe. So um, Italians and Greeks uh, coming in the 50s. And, you know, with them, they bought their food culture, they bought their coffee. And you look at it now, you know, 70 years down the road, and it is unlike anything else in the world. And um, it's what I love about the industry. Like I just, you know, we kicked off with that Anthony Bourdain quote, like that is what makes the hospitality and the food processing industry so special is the diversity of the people, where they've come from, the background that they've got, their individual stories and, you know, the flavors that they bring with them. And, you know, that's why I love traveling as well. And I haven't done as much travel as I'd like, but that's why I travel to eat the food. And, um, and you're absolutely right. Like, um, you know, coming from Australia to Canada for me was a really easy move. You know, like we speak the same language. Yeah, I've got a funny accent and people acknowledge that. It's really like I've got to slow down the speed at which I talk. But the first time that I really noticed uh, being in a different cultural environment and it being obvious was when I was in Tokyo, in Japan. It was so different, like so culturally different. I didn't understand a word that people were talking, um, their mannerisms, like everything was so very, very different. And I got a small insight as to what it would be like to, you know, be living in a, in a community where you were... Um, where you where you felt as if you were somewhat on the outside of the general population so it was an interesting feeling because that was like i said the first time that i ever had that but you know um the one thing that you did recognize is that at the pitch and um pitch and plate event that you're at the amount of diversity there the amount of difference it's amazing like i don't know if it's ever been better like i don't think there has ever been a better time for people of all different walks and backgrounds to be starting a business. And um, I think that's, we've got to sort of acknowledge that too. Like there has been a lot of really good work being done over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of the next five to 10 year period looks like for everybody out there as well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think there's, why I was saying about the support um, is really, really comes down to, so uh, you may have moved to Australia, to Canada, and it's the same language, but yep. I moved actually to Quebec uh, oh, yeah. when yep. I was a, a, a young adult. I remember you telling that story. Yeah. Much, right. And yep. so I do, and I always wondered why I did that. You know, it was kind of one of those things that I just wanted to get away from home and I wanted mm. to you know, get out and experience life. And, and I was terrible at French in school. So it was kind of like, everybody went like, you went to Quebec and learned French. Like what? You were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway but it, it didn't matter but but the point was is that that actually has followed me my entire life yeah that decision to learn that language was what got me my first job in the yeah. industry at Yves Vedigui because I spoke French and so mm. thrilled to have somebody English that spoke French and be in his office and help out I you know when I went and got sort of one of the greatest jobs of my life it was because I spoke French right so it's it's been this theme that's constantly come through my life and 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 now when I look at this the, the whole diversity piece um you think differently when you speak another language I don't know mm. if you speak another language no no but I can understand you would like I've had lots of conversations with my friends that speak multiple languages and I'm like what language do you think in your mind it's really interesting yeah, yeah. But also just the the way you think is different because mm. the language is even formulated differently. So mm. French backwards to English, right? Everything's mm -hmm. backwards. And, and French is also a very emotional language. So man, I could, you know, I could, if I sang a song in French, I could cry my eyes out and then I would translate it and you'd be like, that's not really that sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind yeah. of like that. And, and so I have quite a, 
intimate understanding of what that's like also to be facing the challenge of language on top yeah. of work in Quebec as well and yeah. in, in English. And I, I got treated quite badly. Mm. Um, you know, if I, if my accent wasn't quite right, or if I didn't quite say the right words, I got, I got treated quite badly. And so, you know, there's that as well. So I, I guess just my point is, is that with this whole diversity piece, I feel this, um, real need around supporting these folks that actually they are ESL and it is unbelievable what they're doing because I think about just the fact that I had a job in another language and that was so challenging and I'm mm. coming from yet another culture on top of that where there may be your own cultural norms and and integrating here is just like you know and I'm I, I don't know if you interviewed the folks from Soulbite no, no. Yeah, so Igor, who's who's from Solbite, he's from uh, oh my gosh, where is he from? Somewhere in the Balkans, but uh, yeah. Anyway, he uh, he said that the air didn't even feel the same to him, and the and walking down the streets didn't feel the same. The streets didn't feel the same. The buildings didn't look, you know, and and it really brought me back to like, wow, that just that whole body assault kind of of like. I'm not home Yeah, where nothing feels like that. And then being able to then navigate a business, it's Mm. like Mm -hmm. the resilience you have to have to Mm. do that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just kind of off the charts. It is. I do feel like they're, they're really like people really need to hear that and understand that, that, you know, it's not just simple, like, Oh, good for you. You're doing, you know, good for you. Yeah. Like, support these people because this is really hard yeah hard yeah yeah um i was looking back at my catalog of interviews um i've been really fortunate i've interviewed quite a few um people that are first generation canadians or you know their parents came out uh to start a better life over here you know because they wanted to have their kids grow up in a different environment and have opportunity and here they are they've developed amazing companies their kids have taken over like Aaron Chin from Organica. Like if you look at what his dad has developed in the company in Organica and he's Aaron and his brother leading the, um, the organization there. Like, it's amazing what opportunity a country like Canada or Australia, the U S can offer you. And, um, but yeah, I can imagine that like, you know, to get the ball rolling on a business, as you suggested with English as a second language and, you know, just, it would be an uphill battle. Not everyone has the same, same starting point. And, um, you know, Joe Rogan talks about it quite a bit, but you know, that whole saying, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, it doesn't always ring true because not everybody's starting at the same place. That's and right. uh, I think people need to remember that. I think that's really important to hold front of mind, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just keep on reflecting, especially with Canada day. Like we've just come off the back of the Canada day weekend and you know, Canada day can be a time of reflection and it can be a sad time for some people And it's also a time where people are reflecting on what we are currently looking at in terms of, I don't want to get into politics, but, you know, where we're currently sitting in terms of leadership of the country and what the future looks like and what's going on down in the States. It's a really tumultuous time and there's a lot of unrest and division right now. Mm -hmm. And that, that really hurts me because I, um, you know, I look at 
I just try and like shrink my bubble back down and I'm like, okay, let's just focus on the family. Let's just focus on what's right in front of me. And when I have interactions and face-to-face conversations, like let's just focus on the person that's in front of me. And, you know, I think um, we can get carried away in what we're being told in the media and all of these big stories around the world and all of the changes and all of the unhappiness. And I just think that, you know, um, I was sort of, I started with talking about Canada Day also reflecting and being a little bit grateful for what we do have in terms of opportunity. Like there are countries in around the world where people are really oppressed, like significantly oppressed uh, for, you know, for just being who they are or their religious beliefs or their sexual orientation. And, you know, they genuinely cannot be open and free. And here we are living in a country where people can, and, you know, even though things aren't perfect, we're far from perfect. And I think that, you know, that definitely needs to be acknowledged and recognized too, but damn, we've got it good. And, um, you know, the, the, the health of the hospitality and the food industry and, you know, what you're talking about in terms of inclusiveness and everybody having a a great opportunity to get their businesses off the ground has never been better. And, And I'd like to recognize that and put that energy out in the world too, because, it's easy to focus on the negative. It really is. And it's easy to, for people to sort of get caught up in that, but I would like to sort of put some positive energy out there and say, well, yeah, it may be not perfect, but it's damn good. You know? It is. And I I also think, you know, I, I, I try to anyways, live Mm. by the adage of be the change you want to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that just, and, and why I bring this up as to be aware of that is it's also for my own awareness as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. I never stop thinking about who is behind businesses um, and, and see them as people just like Mm. me, challenges, Mm. just like me. Yeah. And in some ways more, Mm-hmm. because I have not had the same challenges as mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to be aware of that, you mm-hmm. know, I think that's actually, that's the difference is it's, it's either an outward approach mm-hmm. and getting swept up in a very like, you know, um, us or them kind yeah. of uh, situation yeah, or, or just being like what Anthony Bourdain says, thinking that way that if I sat at the table with you, yes, I would have so much in common with yeah. you. Yeah. But when I see you as other outside of myself, I don't see any commonality at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just to bring that awareness. I think that's why I really wanted to talk about it was no, just I'm glad you have awareness that yeah. it's actually us. It's it's us. It starts with us and mm-hmm. how we react in the outside world. We don't have to, we can make the choice not to go outside like that and have other influences like have other things influence us we can just sit with this and know that that's the truth the truth Mm. is is that the more we work with ourselves yeah these things and realize these are people who have hopes and dreams just like we do Mm -hmm. um, and 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 be open to support and and be open to them i don't you know to me it's like that i think that's actually what the issue is is it's the outside inside thing it's just Mm -hmm much outside not enough inside not enough inside work in terms of like personal reflection and you know working on ego and humbling yourself and yeah understood exactly working on yourself because that is be the change you want to see if you want to see a better world and if you want to see more connected world yeah you want to see these things change yeah work on yourself and see where you have misunderstandings within yourself Mm -hmm. don't look outside and go well they don't get it they don't get it look at what you haven't understood. Yeah. Possibly it's with me that I don't get this. Right. And yep. I, you know, want to get it, something will come to me and I'll understand it more. And this is why I'm saying the experience that I had, 
it was almost as if some part of me wanted to know that, but didn't know how to ask it or didn't know how to figure it out. And yep. when that all happened, I went, whoa, look at what understanding I just got. Yeah. I'm asking a few questions. Yeah. No idea I was going to get that understanding. So um, yeah, so you know, it makes a it makes a much happier life and it makes a much happier, happier job. And now knowing that it's bigger than just local. Yeah. He is, uh, it's, it just brings so much more meaning to what I'm doing. So that's great. Of my job. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. And it's evidence. And, um, yeah, I was just wondering what's on the, what's on the horizon for you guys at good to grow. What else is, uh, bubbling beneath the surface? Um, well, so first the, yeah, we are going to be working on, um, bringing a kind of a, a product development aspect into our business so that yep. we, because we know that that's kind of the place where all the products start and, yep. and, uh, and, and also just from a viability standpoint, right. It's really mm -hmm. important to, to do that as well. Um, so we're definitely working on that. We have a little bit of a, of a secret project that we're working on, um, that is, um, going to be more of a, um, a, a platform, um, that we're looking at, um, introducing that's going to nope. help people connect, um, better. Um, one of the things that I think is really important is that we're able to uh, um, get information out to people, um, information that they need um, to help their businesses. And, and so there's lots of different ways that people do that. They go and ask questions in different forums and things like that. Um, but uh, we want to kind of create a, a place where people can come and they can get advice they can also get kind of monitored um, Q and A uh, because you know again I see this a lot. I see people asking questions, and then the person that's answering the question has one experience, and that's their one business that they are you know their pro their processor or what a producer processor, and they'll say something and they'll be like, and this is the way it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm reading this going. It's actually not the way that it is, but okay. And so, I mean, I can't chase every one of those threads. Like sometimes I'll stop and say, hey, have you considered this or that, whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's sort of my, uh, my goal is to not have anybody feel like they can't get an, a, a, an answer to a question um, when they really need it. And, it, mm -hmm. and when it's something that's going to be the difference between their business succeeding or failing, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that has always concerned me is, you know, how people are getting advice, whether it's the right thing for them at the right time. One of the things that's just so um, specific around the food industry is, you know, depending on where you are in the store, whether you're a refrigerated product, frozen product, dry grocery product, like all of these variables, right? It's like that can change everything about how you advise someone of something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, uh, so it, that's been rolling around in my mind for about five years now. Yeah. Um, that, that, gee, we need to figure out how to help these folks get information that's good. And so part of that is us looking at a way to, to build a kind of a platform that um, we can kind of monitor so that we have an understanding. We know, yes, yes, that's accurate or that's right or whatever, rather than just information flying and people getting bad advice. A lot of what happens, um, and I've seen this many, many times, a lot of what happens is people get in that advice crazy mode when they're right around the kind of like growth mode, like sort of up when they're hitting like sort of four or 500,000 and they're panicked, right? They're panicked. They need money. They need people. They need systems. They need, you know, 
food safety certification. Like there's all this stuff that they need in order to get to that next level. And they're asking everybody, what do you do about this? What do you do about that? Blah, 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 you know, and it's like, oh boy, you know, they're desperate. And so they're, they're getting all these varied answers. And it's like, oh, it's right at the point where it's just so critical that you get the right help. Yeah. Otherwise um, mistakes can be costly <laughs> right at that time. I'd imagine. Yeah. Money at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They're really stretched for cash. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. That's great. I, um, so are you imagining it to be sort of like a, a network where people can like be part of the community and join it, or is it going to be like a catalog of Q and A's? I think more like a, 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 a network and yeah. there's a whole pile of things that we actually yeah. offer on that. And, that's awesome. um, and so, yeah. And there's other stuff that I won't say yet, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's the direction we're really going to go in. What what our feeling is, is, um, you know, I, I've done a lot of like uh, coaching of people one-on-one yep. and, um, and then I'll, I'll see people that, you know, haven't had coaching or whatever. And I just really feel bad for them that they just kind of haven't had, like, I can't, I can't coach everyone. I no. can't, I can't be there for everyone, but I can create something that could possibly help people yep. want it, right? Yep. Not everybody yeah. wants it, but but, but people that want it, then they have that opportunity. So that's really what we're kind of hoping to do is we're kind of trying to create something that is going to be, uh, is going to help people and, uh, you know, maybe more workshops, more online stuff. It's easier to get to people. It's funny because during COVID, it was like, you had to do that, right? Like Mm -hmm. everything went to, but then it kind of was a realization afterwards, as much as I don't love teaching, like online i would actually rather teach in person yeah but i've realized that it's like you can't reach everybody in person you're only going to reach people in urban centers in person you're not going to hit the folks that actually really need the coaching and really need the help to bring their products into this into metro van Mm -hmm. they're all over the place yeah you're not going to go to vanderhoof to teach two people right yeah yeah do that online and teach people yeah do a tutorial online kind of thing yeah Yeah, absolutely that's definitely scalable there are a lot of coaches out there that if you know create a content and then you can Mm -hmm. log in and um you know watch a whole tutorial like on photoshop or whatever it is so yeah i can definitely see that working to your advantage as well that's a great idea yeah so that's sort of the direction we're we're going in and um we uh yeah so we have uh we have different um, initiatives this year, just in terms of um, more uh, teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a really cool thing last year. We we started Sprout Series, which was kind of we augmented our material that we were doing uh, for our trade show to help folks get ready for the trade show. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, and uh, and and uh, we're going to do two this year. We're actually going to move it to two uh, standalone um, workshop series. Uh, because we've had so many people ask us and we, we thought, well, you know what? They don't have to be going to a trade show to actually do Sprout. Yeah. Just, you know, so we're just trying to, we're trying to work that out right now. But, um, and then we have, oh, I get to do a little plug. On August 10th, we have our Grow Your Food Business workshop. So if anybody is interested or knows anybody that needs to um, take a workshop, a one-day workshop to just get that 30,000 foot view of, you know, all the areas of business, R&D, distribution, you know, costing your product, all that kind of stuff. We, mm-hmm. we do a one-day workshop, um, and this one, it's going to be on uh, August 10th. Awesome. I'll put the link down in the show notes for everybody to check it out. Well, listen, I'm really excited to uh, learn more about your future projects and hearing about the rollout of that. So 
Yeah, good luck with it all. And um, if anybody wanted to get in touch, and I highly recommend that people do if they want to get some coaching to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Andrea at good to grow products with an S.com. Um, or you can go at info at um, good to grow products.com too. Great. I'll throw those down in the show notes. So, yeah. well, listen, thank you so much for your time. I always enjoy our conversations. Yeah, thanks so much, Hayden. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for taking the time out of your busy day to join me for today's episode. As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation or if you've got any questions, feel free to shoot me an email at hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn or Instagram at thepackheavypodcast. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how I can help you with your business and your packaging vision, feel free to drop me a line and we'll continue the conversation there too. I'll see you next week.